Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Every new day begins in the dark. Okay, what's up, y'all? I just want to just say hello to everybody online. You may be seated. Be seated, those that are here. Um, Be seated, um, those that are watching online. I know my wife, Marlena, and my children are watching um, out in Georgia. Um, You probably might have heard my daughter, oldest daughter, Haley, got married. So she is now she is now Gabriel. She is now Haley Trevino, and uh, no more Haley Kitely. But she married an amazing guy, Gabe Gabriel, and he's from Houston, Texas. And uh, I thank God because um, we got some flavor in the house. And um, dude can throw down with some fajitas, let me tell you, and some salsa, and uh, and it's just I'm just grateful to Jesus. But. Um, because we out in Georgia, and in Georgia, they don't have Mexican food like they have Mexican food in California. And being a native of California, you know, I go into the restaurant. Can we just have some family talk here? I'll go into a restaurant, and I will tell them, I said, I don't want anything on this menu. I want what you're making back in the kitchen. The barbacoa. Come on, somebody the salsa because this stuff's watered down out here for the gringos and I need the real stuff because I my tongue no I've tasted and I've seen and so but um but I bring greetings to you from uh, my wife Marlena and uh, God's doing amazing things we got big things 2021 we have some big things going on in our family I'll share with you at a later date when I can but I mean it's just amazing God open up doors uh you know just in 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 different areas, you know, every, you know, God's given us friendships in different arenas, people in entertainment, people in media, in sports, through many years, and uh, the Lord's just even now opening doors even with those things, and, you know, Bishop Garlington, Bishop Joseph Garlington, you mentioned John, uh, always told me, he said, Patrick, um, if you started a church in Montana, it would be a black church, and, uh, and so it's just, you know, Favor, you know what I'm saying? It's favor. Um, I love Montana; it's great, but it's favor. But uh, I'm just honored to be here in this house, and uh, just want to rise up and honor the pastors of this house: Pastor Stephen and Portia Sumner. Amen. Amen. We thank God for them. How, how many years has it been here now? In Four years, four years um, here pastoring uh, first ICC and now the new name Encounter Church. And I love the name Encounter Church. And uh, I know my friend Ron Campbell, we got to get him in here again. Uh, we got to talk about that. Um, you know, the Lord, I think he prophesied, didn't he, about uh, Encounter Church. And so now, and that's what it is. This is an Encounter Church. Everyone that comes into these doors, you were watching online all across the world. God bless you. There's a God encounter, a Jesus encounter that takes place in this place. And I'm just so thankful to be back here to witness what God is doing in the natural, because when you walk into this sanctuary, into this building, it is beautiful. It moved from the 1980s up to the 2020s. 
with a touch of paint and some new chairs and, and I mean it's I, I can't even describe everything that I'm seeing in here but it's just so beautiful uh, to see what God has done and that's what happens in church we we move from glory to glory from faith to faith from strength to strength and from remodel to remodel and uh, and so I'm just thankful um, 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 to be here and witness that. But we just honor you. And I sing, send love from Marlena and Haley and Zach and Jazz. And I don't think you've met Gabe yet, but you will. And, uh, you know, and, and our cat Simba and, uh, and the whole, the old, and, and my father and my mother. We bring love to you all. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you so much also Encounter Church uh, for your love for our family. And this is home. This is home. And I'll share with you as I go on what I was feeling in the spirit. Um, as I was here today. Uh, but, you know, every new day begins in the dark. Okay, every new day begins in the dark. Um, are you alive here today? Yeah. Okay, good, okay. Um, those online, uh, you know, interact with, with if you're watching on Facebook, uh, interact. You've got to put some amens and some hallelujahs and praise. You just can't just watch, okay? You gotta get, at, this is interactive church here, and so if you're watching online, then interact, because God has a word for you, he has a word for me, he has a word for all of us, amen? And, uh, and that's why we're here in this place today, and uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Somebody say yeah. yeah. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is this. You know my plan because my plan is always predictable. It's been the same plan I use every single time, every single time I preach, because it makes sense for me. And that is I read a scripture, we pray, and then we make a prophetic declaration and see what happens. Okay? Does that work? You know, because I believe God's up to something powerful in this time. Last time I was here, um, and I looked on my calendar, it was actually in February. I was here in February, just about a month before shutdown, the beginning of the shutdown. And I shared with you about... Um, new headlines, not knowing what's going on, new headlines, new punchlines, new measuring lines, and new timelines. And, and, I, and I believe that that's what God is, is, is doing in this time frame. Some people have asked and said, you know, uh, is, is, this, is this the end? Um, I, I tell people, I don't prophetically, my sense, even though, and you have to be careful of all the different prophetic voices that you're listening to online uh, because everyone's chiming in right now. But in my sense, just in, in, in what God's given me and the people I've talked to, because I've actually appreciate not just the prophets who are chiming in, but actually the prophets who are not saying anything. Sometimes the silence is louder. Sometimes you, you don't speak unless you hear God say something. And so you wait, and you wait, and then when he speaks, you know it's him. And, uh, and I, I feel like it's about 9 o'clock. I don't feel it's 11.59 yet. I feel like there's more to do in the earth. And, you know, I mean, you know, here's my scripture for California. It's, 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 uh, it's uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Uh, people who sat in darkness... Uh, we'll see a great light. Come on, somebody. And, and, and California, of all places, there's, there's a darkness, there's a heaviness that the enemy would try to bring over this state, over this region, but there's a great light. Even as the prophetic word came this morning, there's a great light. God is about to move, and you ain't seen nothing yet. And let me tell you something. 
This is the greatest time in history to ever be alive. All that other stuff was boring before. Right now, we are in a time of action. We're in a time of activity. We, we are going to see a mighty move of God touch the earth, and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I got a witness somewhere up in here. You can type amen in Jesus' name. But let me read my verse before I get going because I'm going to get going here, and I, you know, I got part one and part two for you here today. It's going to be a, a, a series in a sermon, okay? So just ride with me, and then they're going to feed me something delicious, as they always do um, after this. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But uh, turn with me in your Bibles. You know, there's, there's a specific prophet. I love the prophets in the Old Testament. And, you know, my, my background is, is Old Testament historical studies. I have a master's degree in that. And so I love the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament, and uh, I think my grandmother, Dr. Violet Kitely, instilled that in me, and what's in the old concealed is in the new revealed. And, uh, and, and, and so there's something powerful about uh, something that is old. Last time I was here, I actually said that. I said, out with the old, in with the... No, no, not in with the new. Out with the old, in with the older. Huh. In with the older. There's something ancient that God wants to bring back to his church. And we're always looking for newfangled. We're always looking for the latest and the greatest. Come on, somebody. We want update 14.123. And, and, and it's like, you know what? Out with the old, in with the older. There's something that God wants to bring back to his church. He wants to return back to his church that we have needed for many generations. And so, and so one of the prophets that I feel connected to personally, and I, maybe I'm just preaching to myself today, and that'll be fine. Um, I'll enjoy it, and you, know, you, can, you can get something if you want, but I think it may be for a few other people at the same time. But the prophet that I think I relate to mostly in this stage in my life, and Pastor Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 48 years of age. Um, this, is, this is insane. I'm starting to feel old. It's almost, it's going, I'm in my seventh year of being outside of California, and I thank God every single day for it. But um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're here. You're here. You're, I actually had the thought this morning, and I was in the hotel. I was like, we're not going to call, uh, we're going to call ministry and pastors and leaders in California now. We're going to start calling them missionaries um, because this is a foreign country. Um, I'm ready for California to secede from the, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm just, come on. I'm playing with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a California boy through and through, born and raised in Oaktown on Pill Hill, Providence Hospital, from the hood, Central East Oakland, born and raised uh, all of my days, and uh, I'm thinking Will Smith here, and uh, I'm not from Bel Air, I'm not from, from Philly, West Philly, I'm from East Central Oaktown, Oakland, born and raised, but... Um, that's home. That's home. And it always is home. But uh, I believe God's up to something, honestly. I'm just having fun here. But I believe, honestly, God is some, up to something big in California. Even last night as I was on Southwest Airlines, I'm Southwest Airlines, flying over the Nevada border right into California, I could feel a heaviness in the spirit. And I felt a warfare in the spirit. But at the same time, I felt like, you know what? <laughs> the warfare is great, but the victory is greater. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you can't have, remember, you cannot have a testimony without a test. And so there, 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 there's things going on in California. They say as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. And I believe that California, there's something ripe in this area that God wants to do in this time. I know there's an amen somewhere up in here. So I, I identify with this prophet named Jeremiah in this season in my life, and I think I've always, uh, always identified with him. And so I'm in the book of Jeremiah. If you could turn with me to a very familiar verse, I want to share with you just a few things from it. It's Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through, through 12, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and I'm reading from my phone. Oh, you know what? I have a verse for you, by the way. Can I give you another verse, by the way? Because when he was taking the offering, I heard this. Because today's December 13th, Monday's the 14th, Tuesday the 15th, thir- uh, Wednesday's the 16th, Thursday's the 17th, Friday's the 18th, and the 19th you're going to meet on the next day. I was reading in the New Ling- Living Translation as we just finished communion, and it just, I had this reminder of this verse of Haggai chapter 2 about the restoration of the temple and the glory and the gold. And the silver is mine, says the Lord. And the presence that, that occupies that temple. And it's, it's that older prophet, Haggai, who had seen the former glory. And he said, the latter glory is greater. What God wants to do is even greater in, in, in your day. And so, and so he's sitting there prophesying this verse. And so you get to chapter 2, and he's, after he gives all that, and he says this. And it says, and I'm reading from the New Living, Haggai chapter 2, verses twenty. And 21. And this is not what I'm reading today, but I just, this is a prophetic word for somebody. Somewhere over the airwaves, maybe all the way to the Philippines, who knows. But it says, on that same day, December 18th, I'm telling you, by Friday, some things are going to happen. Two people, okay, good. I said, by Friday, some things are going to happen. The Lord sent this second message to Haggai. Wait, am I in the right verse? I went too far. Sorry, I have to go to 18. Sorry, verse 18. My, 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 my phone scrolled. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. Somebody say, think carefully. And then verse 19 says this, and here's what I heard. I'm giving you a promise now. Somebody say now. Somebody say now. There's a difference between a word that's futuristic and then there's a word that's present and now. There's a present word in this moment for today, for this week. And he says, I'm giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. Ha, you have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and all of the trees have not yet produced their crops, but from this day onward, I will bless you. I just had to read that for somebody. That was just an a, a exercise of reading. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. Jeremiah means to elevate God. Jehovah is rising. Hilkiah means the Lord's portion or God's portion. 
of the priests who were in Anathoth. It's amazing that they were in Anathoth because Anathoth means, it actually means affliction, uh, an answer that comes through affliction. In the land of Benjamin, which means son of my right hand, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the king of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came. Somebody say came. To me saying... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day, somebody say now, this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came. Somebody say came. came. Five times in chapter one, the word of the Lord came. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Hey, Jerry, or Jeremiah, sorry. What do you see? And I said, see a branch, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready. Somebody say ready. ready. I am ready to perform my word. I want to share with you this morning on I am ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time in your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and speak to people across the nation and across the nations of the world and speak to us in this house today. We thank you for your word. And today we open up our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say in Encounter Church. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said, Amen. Now get your prophetic bony finger out and point to yourself. And say, when you are willing to get low and take a few blows and go toe-to-toe with every enemy and foe, then you enter a new flow. And God will show everyone in heaven and hell and earth below that your name is about to grow, for he will bestow... A supernatural glow that was completely apropos for what you had to undergo can somebody say whoa do you want to hear that you want to hear that I said when you're willing to get low and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with every enemy and foe 
you're going to enter into a new flow where God is going to show everyone in heaven and earth and even hell below that, that, that your name is about to grow and he will bestow upon you a supernatural glow that is completely apropos for what you had to undergo. 2020. Whoa, come on, somebody. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? See, sometimes you got to stop and you got to say thank you, Jesus. Like my friend Marvin Sapp says, we praise him in advance. Sometimes you have to do some pre-praise. We've heard of pre-prayer, but sometimes you have to do some pre-praise where you got to thank him in advance. You have to thank him before. Come on, somebody. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. And we got to thank him and say thank you, Jesus, for everything that he's done in our lives. And so when I look back in my life, I say thank you. And when I look forward in my life, I say I trust you. Come on, somebody. And, and, and I say thank you. And one of my thanksgivings lately has been this, is Thank God, God is God, and I am not. Woo! Because you know what? I'd mess things up. I would mess, I, I, I would tear it up. It wouldn't work out. And I've learned that. Even last night, I learned that. It's like, thank God, uh, God is God, and I am not. And, and, and that's, that's one of my, my phrases right now, because I'm just sitting here going, God... Some things I'm not going to be able to handle, so you have to handle them. Come on. Because you're going to do a whole lot better job than I will at it. And so thank God you are God. Thank God you sit on the throne. Thank God you see the end from the beginning. Thank God that you're working things out. And so thank God, that's a worship song right there. Thank God he is God and I am not. Come on, somebody. That's a, that's a song right That's a celebration right here. Can somebody say, I'm ready? See, I'm not just talking about get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm talking about I'm ready. I'm ready. There's something about I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And I believe that 2020 has been a readying year. <laughs> and it, it hasn't felt good being quarantined, locked up. And it looks like we're going into this Christmas season locked up again. But... At the same time, sometimes God does his best work readying you in, 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 in those secret places, in those hidden places. It's David all by himself in the field, learning how to conquer lions and bears all by himself. That is the qualification that prepares him, the process that prepares him to be able to deal with giants. But he wouldn't learn what he needed to learn unless he was in that secret place. He was quarantined with some stinky sheep. Come on, somebody. And some of you have been quarantined. I'll leave that one alone. But um, <laughs> You know, the word Genesis, somebody say Genesis. It, when we look at it in English, we translate it as, as beginning. We call it the book of beginnings. But when we translate words in English, sometimes they're not as strong as they would be in the original language. And that's the Hebrew language in, 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 in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible. And when you look at the, the name Genesis, it doesn't just mean beginning. It actually is a phrase and it's the first three words of our Bible, in the beginning. 
And so what it lo- lets us know is that it means that, 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 that this was not the exact beginning, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It's not the exact beginning, although God has no beginning, by the way. But, but, but we realize that there was a beginning before verse 1, and, 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 and this was a beginning that was in the era, the eternal, if I can use that word, eternal era of the beginning. And really, when you look in the Hebrew, you realize that in the beginning actually speaks of, watch this, desire. Do you realize that everything that is created was created because of desire, divine desire. God wanted to do something. Can I talk to somebody up in here? And so he, because he desired to do something, he moved into the creative process. And he began to create. He didn't just create because God, all three of him, talked to himself, all three in one, and they had a conversation he did. And they didn't just have a conversation and say, hey, I got a good idea today. Why don't we go ahead and make like a universe and some planets and some galaxies and stars and, and maybe even throw some animals and, and, you know, just some things. This sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea to me. That's not what God was dealing with. God had a desire. Come on, somebody. He had a desire. When you do things, you do them out of desire. You want to do them out of desire. And, and before, see, before God even makes something, it already is within him. It already is working within him. Before he puts it into the physical state, the physical state is literally the state where God begins to put it, the, set it into order. And there, all of a sudden, he, he, he begins to put things together. But he doesn't just make it happen stancely. Is that a word? He doesn't make it accidentally. He doesn't just make things. He has a, a, a desire behind them. And so he puts it and sets it in order. And so he says, I'm going to create light which light is going to have an opposite and it's going to be darkness and I'm going to create day. Every day begins in the dark. Every new day begins in the dark. And he says, I'm going to also create night and I'm going to create land and also not only land, but I'm going to create water and I'm going to separate the two and I'm going to create trees and herbs and, 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 and blackberries. I got a witness up in here and some strawberries for strawberry shortcake. And I'm going to create, I'm going to create animals and, and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to create mankind. But what I'm going to do is this, I'm going to create this ecological world. And the ecological world comes out of the eternal world. Can I talk to somebody? And, and so that's why we do have, and I'm not here to, 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 to make a political stance because I I, not, that's not what I do, but we have a responsibility to take care of the garden, of the ecological world. And, and, and God, God, you know, the ecological world, by the way, Romans chapter 8 says that the earth groans and it waits. Can you imagine? For the manifestation 
of the sons of God. You read Romans chapter 8, it's absolutely phenomenal. I've been in there, been in it for the last little season. I've been, I'm stuck actually on Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that word led, by the way, is the Greek word ago, A-G-O, and, and, and it means to, to the many as are led by the Spirit, it means to take by the hand and take to the point of destination. To be escorted. Come on, somebody. Uh, to be taken. And, and, and I believe that God's raising up a company of people that realizes that we're not, we're not running this show. We're being led by the Spirit. Yeah. And when we, when we learn how to be led by the Spirit, we move out of childhood into sonship. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching a different sermon. Sorry. But we move into sonship. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Isaiah 9, 6. You, everyone's born a child, but not everyone becomes a son. Okay, I'll stop preaching about that. But, but I'm telling you right now, there's something about being led by the Spirit of God. People who are led by the Spirit of God. But when God creates, before it ever was, it was. Before it was ever made, it was already there. Before it appeared, come on somebody. In the, in, and I'm talking to your life here, before things even appeared, it already existed. I mean, you read 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, and you realize that even us, that we were in Christ Jesus before the world began. And so we're not just, a, your life is not just a happenstance. You're not just a mistake. You're not just a, 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 a result of a sperm coming with an egg from a one-night stand. You're like 10 million in one. You are, you, are God, you are chosen by God. Gosh, I'm going to rattle some people's feathers here today. I can see that. But when I look at the Bible, there's three key words in the Bible. And I'm, I'm, lay, I'm saying all this to, to lay down a groundwork for, 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 for Jeremiah. But, but, but the three key words in the Bible are this. Obedience relationship and desire and i really believe that they all come out of desire and 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 desire is the passion to do something to create something and and desire is a divine attribute it's something that comes from god he is a god of desire and he gave us desire you look in in, in psalm 27 verse 4 one of our favorite verses one thing have I desired of the Lord and that's what I'm going to seek after. When you get to a place where your desire becomes one thing instead of a bunch of things, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Come on, you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon at the same time. Come on, somebody. And you can't serve your wife and Delilah at the same time. I don't know who that was for. Nobody, nobody here, just somebody online. But, uh, but, 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 but God gave us desire. And you realize that desire, one thing I've desired of the Lord, by implication it speaks of a request, but by extension it speaks of a demand. What do I mean by that? When you look at it, implies, the word desire implies a request, an ask. But behind it, Woo. It's not just a, a request. There's a demand. One thing have I desired of the Lord. So what happens is I move into a place called asking expectation. Come on. Woo. 
where I begin to not just ask, but I know that my daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he's the maker of heaven and earth. Come on, and when, the, when a child, a, a son, asks for a stone, uh, for some bread, his father's not going to give him a stone. Uh, and he's going to give him what he asks for. There's something about our Heavenly Father. He takes care of us. And so there's kind of an expectation. Now, when he says no, no means no. Woo! And I've learned the no's of God. And I learned sometimes uh, there's a lot more no's than yes. Because, because I'm not lining up with what he wants. I'm lining up with what Patrick wants. But when I begin to line up with what he wants, then all of a sudden there's this divine yes because my desire is connected to his desire. And then all of a sudden things begin to happen. Can I prophesy to somebody here that God is bringing, putting you in tune? He's tuning you. He is lining you up through... Time and circumstance and COVID and corona and the weightiness, the conclave that you've had to go through, the, the, the experiences that you've had to go through. But what he's learned to do is he's learned to tune your desire. Where all of a sudden you begin to say, you know what, I want what God wants. And so I'm not going to do anything unless I see my daddy do it. I'm not even going to say anything unless I'm going to hear him say it. I'm not just not going to find me just spouting off talking about this and talking about that. I don't have an opinion about everything, and I'm not an expert at everything. Yeah. Woo! Even though I might be a minister and a preacher, some preachers, they have the answer to everything. If you are the Bible answer man, God bless you. I'm turning you off. Come on, somebody. But there's something about desire. You know, we have a pastor friend that, that, was, that was a good friend of ours, Judson Cornwall. And he wrote um, many different books. He passed away a couple of years ago. And I never forget the story when he was pastoring in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, that he told of a time when a lady in his church got into a car accident. She was going about 65 miles an hour on the freeway, and she got thrown out of the car. There was a collision with a larger vehicle than hers, and her, she got thrown in the car, and her body flew and rolled many, many feet, I think it was like 70, 80 feet, down the freeway and crashed up. Her body crashed up against the guardrail. And so he got to the hospital with the family and was in the room with the doctor, and the doctor said, um, I don't think that she's going to make it through the night. And so go say your goodbyes. And I remember Judson, he said this. He said, I went into the hallway and I said, God, what are you going to do? What is your desire in this? And God began to speak to him and he said, well, I want you to go and I want you to speak into her ear. And first of all, I want you to tell her to come back to her body and that she's not going to live I mean, she's not going to die. <laughs> she's going to live a different life. She's not going to die, but she's going to live, and she's going to tell you about it. And so that's what he did. He went back into the room. The doctor just said she's not going to make it through the night. And she go, he goes back in the room, and he whispers in her ear, um, come back. <laughs> come back. Because you're not going to die. <laughs> 
you're going to live. And at the sound of his voice, she came back. And, 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 and she came back, and, 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 and he, he, he said these words. He said, I learned something at that moment. When I learned how to declare God's desire, somebody's alive up in here. When I began to claim the victory, and, and he said these words, because I remember it, because I was, I was young, and I was just, just, I just loved hearing him. He's a storyteller. And he said, I didn't heal her. I didn't say in the name of Jesus, heal her. I didn't fight with demons. He said, I didn't even bind and loose. He said, all I did was I, what I heard God tell me to do. And he said this, he said, I moved in a higher law than fighting. And I moved into a place of applying God's desire. And I learned to, to move in a place in applying the victory. Because every victory that's ever been won was won when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Oh, death, whoo, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Death has been swallowed up in victory. It is finished. And if you actually read it in the Aramaic, Jesus didn't say it is finished. He just said finished. Woo, he just said with his last breath, finished. And everything was finished. And the victory was complete. Come on, somebody. When Jesus said, it is finished. And so he just said, he said this, I just did two things. I just went in there and I moved in a higher law than fighting. Come on, I'm talking to somebody here. Because sometimes we want to fight. But we need to realize that our, our fight is not with flesh and blood. Woo. But we're dealing with principalities and rulers, all this stuff, right? And so, but, but, but he says, I move for the higher law than fighting. There's fighting, there's fighting, but there's a higher law than fighting. And that higher law is fighting is begin to proclaim God's desire. Because God's desire goes back to Genesis. I'm talking to somebody here. His desire goes back to Genesis where all of a sudden everything that was ever created was created out of desire. And so in this death moment where this woman is about to die, whoo, I'm going to step into, I have to step into the creator. We sang it this morning. Into the creator mode and into the creator God. And he has to do a creative miracle in this moment. And I got to step into the place of the God who desires. He is the desire of the nations. But also, as Haggai says, but he also is our desire. Can I talk to somebody up in here? I mean, I mean let, let, me, let me give you one more example. I mean, because you're moving in God's desire. You go to Second Chronicles chapter 20, and you realize Jehoshaphat is looking at all these enemies. Thank you, sir. He's looking at all these enemies, and he says, we don't know what to do. I don't know why I'm talking to somebody here. I know him. We don't know what to do. I got a witness. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's real language here. You know, it's not, you know, never let them see you sweat. 
you know, just give them, give them, give them that stone cold face like, we got this. No, Yahweh, we need your way. We don't know what to do, and, but our eyes are on you. And so God sends the prophet, and the prophet tells him a few things. Okay, number one, number one, just, let's, let's, just, let's just tell you this right off the bat. Do not be afraid. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And let me give you some more information. Because not only am I the God who's in your camp, but I'm in your enemy's camp too. Because aren't I not omnipresent? And so guess what? Not only can I see what you're doing, but I can see what they're doing too. And I'm going to give you divine details of where they're going to be tomorrow. Can I talk to somebody here? When they come up to fight against you and to destroy you and your, your women and your children and your cows and your sheeps. Sheeps, that's ghetto. And here, 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 here they are. And God's like, guess what? Here's what. Go down to the brook of Ziz and wait there. I'm going to give you their exact GPS coordinates. I'm going to give you the Google map. Come on, somebody. On your Apple phone, I'm putting their exact point where they're going to be on the map. And what I want you to do is I want you to go down there and position yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, it's, it, it, it's getting in tune with what God's desire is. What do you have to say? Because here, here is Justin Cornwall telling the story. He's like, I had to step into the hallway and say, God, what would you do? Before, I want you to hear this. Before I prophesy what God would do, I need to find out what God would do. And unfortunately, there's a lot of voices, I'm trying to be careful, that are out there that are prophesying this and that and this and that and this and that and in the, in the tone of thus said the Lord, and they haven't even heard what God wants to do. We need to hear what God desires to do. All right, let me, let me show you something in Jeremiah real quick. Okay, Jeremiah, can I teach for a moment? Is this, is this, is this okay? It's, it's one, two, three, four right now. It's 1234. I don't even know what time you guys end. Because it's 334 at my house right now in the East Coast, in the ATL. But, 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 Jeremiah means, I want you to grab these things and write these down. And somebody can write them down for notes on Facebook too, please. Be my, somebody be my scribe on Facebook. By the way, one of the longest lines at the judgment seat of Christ is going to be a line called Facebook Sins. And two-thirds of the people that are going to be in that line are going to be Christians. Okay, um, so you better be covered by the blood and be careful what you post. Be careful, little fingers, what you post. Because we've moved into a place where this year everything's either been blue or it's been red or it's been left, or it's been right. And I'm not left, and I'm not right, I'm light. That's why I love the Encounter logo, by the way. I looked at the logo, I was like, oh, there's red, there's blue, but then there's, there's light. Okay, I'll leave that one alone. 
I'll leave that one alone. But we, we, we got to be people of the kingdom. And the arguments online, oh, I gotta, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. The arguments on Facebook, is ugly out there. You need to stop. Callate, por favor, en el nombre de Jesucristo. You know, it, there's something that grieves the Holy Spirit. And that is when brother rises up against brother. Come on, somebody. When we're, when we're, when we're dealing in a perverted level in, in the flesh. Because neither side, come on, somebody, is God's side. That's why I love what in, in Joshua, the captain of the Lord's host comes and he lifts his sword over Joshua and he's like, and Joshua's like, are you for us or are you against us? Are you red or are you blue? Are you left or are you right? And the captain of the Lord says, captain of the Lord's host says, neither. You read your Bible. Just go ahead and read Joshua chapter 5 at the end of the chapter. Neither. Ha. As a captain of the Lord of hosts, I am now come. You see, I can talk about this because I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going back to Atlanta, so you can deal with it here. But I, you know what? I believe that God's raising up, and I'm moving not only in a prophetic, but an apostolic anointing, that God's raising up a church in this hour and a company of people in this hour who's got all this. Election years are horrible. But we got to move in a place where we're kingdom people. Vote yes. Pray, ask God as he shows you what you need to do and it's already done, but I'm dealing with a spirit here that's tried to enter into God's people and to God's church and it must be broken in the name of Jesus. Going back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Nah, I don't think so. Um, sorry, I'm doing LL Cool J. Sorry, back in the day. Um, Jeremiah, can I teach here for a minute? Sorry, I'm on, I'm on these soapboxes here. Just tell me to stop when you need me to stop because I'm stepping on toes. If I step on them, it's going to be hard because I've had enough. We got to be God's people. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Jeremiah, the name Jeremiah, I got a scribe there, somebody scribing for me, means elevated God. The God who is elevated. Or, if you really want to go, Jehovah is rising. He's the son of Hilkiah, and Hilkiah means positioned by God. That's a good name right there. I don't think anybody's going to name their child Hilkiah, but that's an amazing name, being positioned by God. And they lived in a little town called Anathoth, and Anathoth sounds like the Bay Area. It's a place of affliction, where answers are found. I'm talking to somebody here. Maybe that's even a season you've been in the Anathoth season where it's a place of affliction, but there, answers are found. Woo, come on, somebody. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And they were part of the tribe of Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So when you put all that together, you create a sentence in the Hebrew because everything in the Hebrew is not just standalone. It all works together. And so all of a sudden, you begin to realize that God provides answers. Somebody's going to catch this. In the place of affliction, and in that place, he is elevated. Oh, my goodness. 
to a place and a position, or and he, I mean, sorry, in that place, he is elevated and he positions you beside his right hand. And so all of a sudden, you're in this place of affliction. Can I get a witness up in here? And God says, guess what? What the enemy meant for evil, I'm turning it out for good. And so you got to do a place of trouble. you got to do a place of trials. you got to do a place of tribulations. But guess what, baby? I brought you to this place because I'm giving you a new revelation. And I'm changing your worship. Because you used to worship a certain way when everything was cool and nice and fancy. Come on, somebody. It's, how you doing? I'm fresh. What's up? But then all of a sudden you got to a place where it's like, you know what? This don't make no sense. This is not lining up with my prophetic word. Come on, somebody. And I'm just going through testing, and I'm sitting there going, God, what's up? And God says, I brought you here for a specific reason. It's called Anathoth, because I want to show you that not only can I take care of you on the mountain, but also in the valley. And so I put a priesthood in a place called Anathoth, where in the place of Anathoth, you're going to find out solutions and answers to the afflictions that you're going through and all of a sudden blessing is going to be refined blessing is going to be my son of my right hand my son of blessing is going to be redefined because blessing now becomes blessing because of the afflictions I went through can I talk to somebody up in here and so Jeremiah is what I would call the experiential prophet so he gets into this verse right and he's talking about, okay, this is who I am. My name is Jerry. My daddy's Hokiah. We're from huh, 35th Ave and Anathoth and International. That's where we grew up. And uh, that's our hood right there. And our tribe is, is, is the Bay. Uh, and, and that's where we're from. That's our peoples. And then he says this. Watch this. Because this is so powerful. And he says, during the time, I want you to hear this, during the time, and, there, and he begins to name kings, but the kings don't just represent kings, they represent transitions. Come on, somebody. There was a transition from Josiah to this one, to you start having all these names, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah, and there's, I want you to hear this, transitions. And the transitions represent styles of rule, Come on, somebody. And some kings served God. Some kings did not serve God. Some kings tore down high places. Some kings built them up. But here's Jeremiah faithfully prophesying through the transitions of leadership in the nation. And he still remains true. Come on, somebody. He still remains connected. And he still remains prophetic. And you get to verse 4, and here he is, and he says, there's this conversation that goes on. Because I want you to hear this prophetically, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to preach forever. Somebody said, amen. Somebody said, no, okay. <laughs> no man. <laughs> I, I, I'm building something here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close. I think. <laughs> here he is, they're having a conversation. Conversation, I want you to understand something conversations happen in prophetic moments. Questions are asked in prophetic moments. When you read your Bible and you look at prophetic language, you realize that prophetic language is not just a 
Thus saith the Lord. Da, 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 da. No, usually there's a question. God, what you doing? Is there a word from the Lord? All of a sudden there's questions, not only from the earth to heaven, but also questions from the heaven to earth. And all of a sudden you say, wait a second, this is how prophetic language works. If you want to be prophetic, flow in the prophetic, ask questions. God, what do you have to say about this? God, what would you do in this matter? And I'm not going to say a thing until I hear him say it. Come on. So I am comfortable in quietness. I'm comfortable in keeping my mouth shut. But when he speaks, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. When he speaks, I'm going to go to the highest mountain and I'm going to proclaim his word because I know it's not my word, it's his word. And so all of a sudden, we're in this moment of a prophetic conversation. And prophetic conversations not only speak of a prophetic language, but also a creation moment. And I want you to hear this, because this is where we're at right now. A creative moment in God. And so all of a sudden, God shows up and he says, Okay, Jeremiah, let me tell you my... And you got to hear this, because I'm punchlining now. Jeremiah... You need to hear my original intention for your life. You were born, son of Hilkiah, in the priesthood of Anathoth, in the tribe of Benjamin. You were born in that place. You were trained in that place. But you were born to be, you were born in a priestly family, but you were born to be a prophet. And so what I'm coming to do right now in Counter Church is I'm changing your function for changing times. Woo! Somebody's going to catch on to this because there's a transition that's taking place Woo! that's already in the heavens in the earth right now. And so he says, guess what? You were tra- I-, I needed you to be trained with a priestly mindset. But now you're going to be bereft. You're going to be ripped from that priesthood that you thought you were going to always be in. And I'm going to move you into a prophetic dimension. And, and I've got to tell you a few things. Number one, before you were in your mama's womb, I knew you. Yeah. Ha, knew you. First of all, number one, he has a set relationship. Not only did I know you, but I sanctified you. Come on, somebody. So all of a sudden, not only does he have a set relationship, but he's set apart. And not only are you set apart, I, I knew you and I sanctified you, but I also ordained you. So not only do you have a set relationship and you're set apart, but you have a set destiny. Oh, somebody's alive up in here. You have a set appointment, an appointing as a prophet to the nations. And wherever there is an appointing, there is an anointing. And so Jeremiah's like, wait a second. Hold on. G-O-D. That's a nice prophecy. 
I feel you. I feel kind of nice right now. But let me get honest with you. Um, there's a couple things maybe you're missing about me. Number one, I am young. And number two, I can't speak. <laughs> I mean, here he is. He's just, he's just putting it all out there. This is a conversation going on. And he says, I am a youth. Now, if you look at that word youth in the Hebrew, it actually means I am inexperienced. Somebody's, somebody's going to hear me. <laughs> I am inexperienced. And actually that word inexperienced actually means scattered. So basically he's saying this. I can't put things together. I can't put it together. And God's sitting there saying, you are going to be a prophet to the nations. I'm raising you up to be a mouth ministry. And he's sitting there giving excuses. Come on, somebody. Like Moses back in the day, you know. I want you to speak to Pharaoh. What? What? I stutter. You use Aaron. No, bro, use you. I'll let him speak for a while, but we're going to work on this. But Jeremiah, he's like, you know what? I'm inexperienced. Can I talk to somebody here? <laughs> I'm scattered. I can't put things together. You want me to be a mouth ministry and I have mouth issues. That's what Isaiah said, too. He said, guess what? I'm, uh, you want me to be a mouth ministry, but I'm a man of unclean lips. I cuss lips out once in a while. <laughs> I curse once in a while. <laughs> you know, I heard G.E. Patterson talk about that one time. He was talking about Genesis chapter 12. And he said, there's, there's seven blessings to Abraham in chapter 12. And he goes, when you get down to number five, you know, God says, I'm going to bless those that bless you. Woo! But then all of a sudden you get to God blessing number six. And he says, I'm going to curse those who curse you. And he said, I learned, this is Bishop, he, he passed away a few years ago. He said, I learned how not to cuss. Because I learned from Genesis chapter 12 that God can curse a whole lot better than I can. He will curse those that curse you. But here's Jeremiah's like, I got a mouth problem. I got mouth issues. I, I, I can't put these things together. Right. And, and I love it because God says, all right, Jeremiah, you need to, you need to take a chill pill. You are my choice. You're the one that I picked for this job. You're chosen. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Don't say, you read the scripture. You read it on your own. Don't say. Now, when God says to a mouth ministry, don't say. There's a certain language, a certain way of talking. Can I talk to somebody that is anti-faith? That is anti-purpose, divine purpose. That is anti-prophetic, it's pathetic. 
And here he is, and God says, don't say you have mouth issues. I'm just paraphrasing in my, in my 2021 vernacular. Because I'm, I'm already in 2021. Y'all, I'm, I'm presently in 2020, but I'm in 2021. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, and beyond. Don't say I have mouth issues and you can't put words together. <laughs> because guess what that's going to do? That's going to show everybody that you have mouth issues. And that's not what you have. You don't have mouth issues. And so I don't you need you to say that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have you go where I send you. And you're going to say what I tell you. And here's the kicker. I got you. I, says the Lord, got your back. I mean, you can read it in, in the regular King, New King James. It says, I am with you. But just my hood sense just says, I got your back. Yes. I don't got your back. I got front, behind, side to side. I got your yesterdays. I got today and your tomorrows. Because I'm the same in all those places. Come on, somebody. And so I got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm going to take care of everything around you. There's an amen somewhere on Facebook in this place today. I got you. And then all of a sudden, here's the creative moment. I'm building this here because I'm getting to something. It's, 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 really, it's, it's, it's going to blast off here. And, and then we're just going to start prophesying, I think. I think. We are prophesying. It moves into a creative moment where God tells them what you're going to do. I'm going to cause you to, to uproot and plant. I'm going to cause you to tear down and build up. He starts talking about this, but then all of a sudden, here's what happens. Because it's the hand of God. It's the word of God. And I prophesy this over your life. There's a word and there's a hand. The word of God is the creative act Woo! The hand of God is the hand of favor. Whenever you see the scripture, you read Ezra, the book of Ezra, it's amazing. Several times the book of Ezra, the hand of God was upon me. The hand of God came. Whenever you see the hand of God, it speaks of favor. Yes. For the hand of the Lord is upon you. Favor! What is favor? It's a divine enablement assigned to an ordained destiny. Favor! And he says... The hand. Somebody, somebody just lift up your hand. Hey, lift your hand. Watch, come on, put your hand up. You lift up your hand and you realize that the same hand in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, that took dust and formed man and shaped man into a body, and then he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. That same hand, that same hand in the book of Genesis that wrestled with Jacob and touched his hip, I'm on, I, I feel an anointing here. And touched his hip, and all of a sudden, Jacob walked with the limb. He had a gangster lean for the rest of his days. For the rest of his days, the same hand that creates wounds, the same hand that heals the leper, the blind, the deaf, the dead also wounds and Jacob was all of a sudden marked by a God encounter 
encounter, church. Woo! Have you ever been marked by a God encounter? Can you imagine for the rest of Jake's days, his kids used to look at him and see that their daddy, they could see it physically, that their dad was marked by a God encounter. And not only was he marked, but by what they saw, they were marked by that same God encounter. That hand. In Jeremiah 1, 9, stretched forth. You see, the hand of God is stretching forth in this moment. And it says that it touched my issue. My perceived problem. It touched my mouth. Woo! And when it touched my... Let me just say this. We need touched mouths. There's too many mouths out there. Too many voices out there. Come on, somebody. We need touched mouths. You can tell the difference. And guess what? The difference is going to... The gap's going to get wider and wider. The difference between a touched mouth and a mouth. M-O-O-F. And then here it is. God gives them an assignment. Verse 11. Are you you okay? Is everyone good? Here it is. The word of the Lord came to me. And by the word, by the way, the word of the Lord came, the word came. Sorry, I'm just giving you all this because I've been locked up in my house. (laughs) I had 20 preaching dates this year just gone. Which that's my primary, so it's like, woo, Jesus, we're walking by faith and not by cash. And, uh, but... The mouth. Come on, somebody. The word, hi, the word came is the word hiya. And it's the same word as Genesis 1-3. Let there be. The word of the Lord came to me is the same as let there be. So the very first word that God said was hiya. Now, I feel Bruce Lee-ish when I hear that, and I just say hiya. There's something karate, kung fu about it. And I'm just like, hiya, let there be. The word of the Lord came to me. It's a creative moment. And it came to me and asked me another question. And I got to talk to somebody here because you got to hear this. Because we can live in, 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 in doldrums, we can live in fear, we can live in quarantine, we can live just looking at our circumstances and looking at our lack or whatever else might be going on. But God asks him a question. Hey, Jerry. Yes, God. What do you see? It's the same word in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 4. When it says, after God created the first day, God saw it and said, it is good. Same word as saw, to see. What do you see? I'm talking creatively here. Because there's a creation moment happening in Encounter Church. There's a creation moment happening in your life. God is doing a recreative work in your life. And he says, what do you see? You see, here's how your prophetic ministry is going to flow. What you see, you're going to say. I'm giving you an eye ministry that's connected to your mouth ministry. 
And your mouth ministry is only going to function when your eye ministry sees something. And so all of a sudden he says, okay, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, okay, I'm getting this. I see a branch of an almond tree. Now last night I got into my hotel room and Pastor Portia got me blue diamond, chocolate covered, dark chocolate, covered almonds with coconut slices in it. And I'm on keto. since June because I blowed up in, 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 in COVID I've lost 26 pounds I got like 15 more to go because I'm getting back to my playing weight in high school Skyline Titans but I had almonds just in my room and I was like glory Glory. <laughs> Jeremiah says, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now, 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 now on, on the surface, that doesn't make sense. Like, okay, I see a branch of an almond tree. Hallelujah, praise God. But you have to realize something about the almond. Get this. The almond tree of all the other trees in the earth is the first to bring forth harvest. I got you. Somebody's got to hear this. It's the first. I'm talking Encounter Church because you know I was, I was in worship here, and they were singing oceans, and I just got down on my my on the ground because I know the Lord told me when I was in the plane yesterday, touch the ground. And so I just started striking the ground in this beautiful new carpet. Thank you, Elder Dwayne. And I started striking it. I striked it seven times. And I was reminded when I, when I, before I did it of the Welsh revival that didn't just touch the church, but it touched the culture where they had to shut the pubs and turn them into worship centers. Come on, somebody. And they had to, they had to do, start every day in prayer and government and, and in business. And there was a prayer move of God and a Welsh revival. And they had this saying, they drew a circle around themselves and they stood in the circle and they said, God, start a revival and begin with me. Evan, Evan Roberts. And, 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 and so I was in here and, and I just heard in my spirit and I just started saying it seven times. I'm just going to show you. Start here. Start here. In Encounter Church, what you want to do in this bay, start here. What you want to do in California, start here. What you want to do in the United States of America, start here. What you want to do in North America, start here. What you want to do in the nations of the world, start here. The almond tree is the starting harvest tree. 
That's one thing. But the other thing about the almond tree is it's the last tree to lose its leaves. Of all the trees in the world, it's the first into harvest. I'm prophesying to somebody here. And it's the last to lose its leaves. So you got to understand something. Longevity. I'm prophesying. Longevity. I'm prophesying to somebody up in here. Because all of a sudden, God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, you have seen correctly. And he says this, watch this, I want you to hear this. For I am ready. I got to talk to somebody here. Because I said I am ready earlier. It's not about you being ready. (laughs) Divinely, God says, I am ready to perform my word. I, I'm talking to somebody, am ready. I am ready to move in this hour, says the Spirit of the Lord. And you know what I heard the Lord say? Tell Encounter Church, it's a time of fulfillment. Every new day begins in the dark. So it might be dark right now, but it's a new day. You might not see everything clearly right now, but it's a new day. Things in your life might not make sense right now, but it's a new day. Come on now. You haven't seen the fullness of everything that God said he's going to do, but I got news for you. It's a new day. And guess what, baby? My Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And so even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of lack of clarity, I'm talking to somebody here, even in the midst of obscurity, even in the midst of a place where you can't even see your hand in front of your face, God says, my mercies are new. And I'm with you. And I am ready. I speak this over California. I speak this over San Leandro, San Lorenzo. We're going to add Oakland in there, Hayward, all the way through the Bay Area on the East Bay. I'm telling you right now, God says, I'm ready to perform my word. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this because it's important. Me saying this is not me just going, because I go all over the place, well, before 2020. <laughs> I preach three, four locations every month. And so when I go into an area, I was sharing with my family last night. We have family meetings. The whole family. We have family meetings. And I was sharing with them, me coming here and feeling what I'm feeling in the spirit is not me just going to an assignment in Rochester or in in New Orleans or in, in Killeen, Texas or wherever I might go. I'm coming home. And so when I say that this is a time of fulfillment, i got to prophesy to somebody here. I understand the severity, the greatness, the terribleness, the wonderfulness, and the decades of prophecies that have been declared over this arena. So I'm not just talking from a prophetic sense. I'm also talking from a knowledge and a hearing of the word of the Lord. And I heard in my spirit that God says, I'm starting here and I'm starting 
now. You might not feel the weight of that yet, but there's weight right there. There's heavy weight right there. Not waiting for the quarantine to be over. It starts here and it starts now. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.